What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Friday, February 6th, 2015. Uh, on YouTube, there's a video of Chen Lizra giving a TED Talk on seduction. I don't know exactly when the TED Talk happened, but it was published on YouTube on February 1st, 2013. That's uh, just a little more than two years ago. I want to play this TED Talk, which I find disturbing and embittering, and I'll make a few comments as it goes along. The beginning of the talk uh, plays some music that Chen Lizra, the speaker, dances to. Uh, she walks on stage to greet a man who is already on the stage. He appears to be Desi, probably Indian, actually. Um, he's almost certainly Indian. And he's dressed in, a, in business attire, a suit, and uh, he stands very still while she then gets on stage with him and starts basically gyrating to dance around him. Um, he is theatrically, sexually turned on by her, uh, but he contains his sexual energy very rigidly uh, and staying very still while she moves in a very uninhibited way. Um, as he walks off the stage, you will probably hear him um, flatter her and encourage her to get in touch with him um, for a follow-up date or flirtation. That, of course, is scripted. It's part of this introductory skit that they've planned before her actual talk. I'll start playing it now. This is where she gyrates her hips and dances around him. She's now left. Just leave me the clicker. Thank you. I guess you don't need coffee now, do you? <laughs> My name is Khanizra. I'm a dancer, author, and an entrepreneur. I started my talk with a seductive dance because I wanted you to first feel the seduction to get you kind of to gut level. I'm fascinated with seduction, but not just with the dance and the movements, but also with how you can bring it in a practical way into day-to-day -day life. 
Since 2005, I've been traveling back and forth to Cuba in order to train with the best professional dancers. This is when I first started seeing seduction as a valuable life skill. I'm so fascinated with seduction, but not, you know, but mostly because it's such a playful, fun thing. I truly believe that everyone has the power to seduce in them. We just need to unleash it. And I also believe that we need to develop this skill from a very young age so it can help us become a lot more successful in life. Um, Chen Lizra is a, a self-described life coach, and she gives seminars on this topic, uh, teaching people um, how to be more seductive. And, and, and she's giving this TED Talk to promote her ideas. So let's examine seduction for a second, and let's take a look at our perception of seduction, what it all means. When we first hear the word seduction, we have a lot of misconceptions. The word has been sexualized so many times that we can't even imagine it as a positive skill set. We typically associate seduction with something negative because we consider it a less honest or acceptable form of influence. People who are easily seduced to some degree feel manipulated into the situation. When we think of gender roles, it's not even a question that men are permitted a lot more freedom than women to seduce. And when we think of work and seduction, we merely go to sleeping your way to the top and being unprofessional. Notice right away that time-honored standards of ethics in the workplace are now being impugned by her. She's saying that they are simply, they're a kind of wet towel approach to life, and that using seduction in the workplace should be recast as something positive. You know how people say, some people say that money is bad, but the money itself is not bad, right? It comes down to money gives you power, and power can be used for good and for bad. It comes down to who you are inside. Seduction is exactly the same. It comes down to your DNA and what you choose to do with it. I choose to make seduction classy. Uh, here, Hen Lizra is pointing to her own attire, which she refers to as classy. Uh, and indeed, uh, it, it is quite conservative in certain ways. And to add to it, my sense of loyalty and integrity. Seduction is really about your untapped power that you're not using that you want to unleash. Would we tell Superman not to stop a bullet? Or a doctor not to save a life? There it is again. Um, the, the idea that she, uh, or in, uh, in particular women, but also men, but her, her work focuses a lot on women, the idea that they should inhibit themselves and not be seductive is somehow unnatural. It's like asking Superman not to stop a bullet, uh, or asking a doctor not to save a life. But of course not. Seduction is about charm, connection, vulnerability, pride, self-confidence, and appeal. I'm one of those lucky ones that gets to go to Cuba all the time. And I've been observing this culture for a very long time, seeing how aware they seem to be of their seductive powers. You 
can say that in many ways, Cuba has been like a seduction laboratory for me, where I get to study seduction and understand how they use it better. But it's not like Cubans... Notice the scientism, by the way. This is irresistible in TED Talks. Everything has to be uh, pseudo-scientified, whatever the word is. Um, everything is a laboratory. Uh, another speaker at the same TED Talk uh, specializes in gossip, and, and she calls uh, uh, red carpet after parties gossip laboratories. They're the only people in the world that understand and know how to use seduction, right? Like, you can experience in other countries in the world, in Israel, in Brazil, and the Dominicans, and many other countries. And yet, in Cuba, I found a combination of things, a very unique combination of things, that I haven't found yet anywhere else in the world, and I'll speak about some of them today. And you'll probably agree with me when I'll say that the chances of finding this kind of seduction out in the open in North America is pretty close to slim, right? When she says this kind of seduction, she pointed to where she and the uh, the Indian guy were uh, were flirting, where she was dancing around him. And notice that she's referring to that, to the paucity of that kind of uh, occurrence in North America as something somehow uh, unfortunate. I truly believe that we can learn a valuable life lesson from Cubans about life and seduction. And having said that, if we were to try and take seduction and break it into some kind of a formula, what would that look like? One, desire. Start taking notes. Desire means knowing what you want and then having the willingness to go after it. Notice again the pseudoscientificity. Uh, this has to be turned into a formula, and the formula means a numerical list of discrete items. This whole uh, pseudoscientific uh, uh, procedure is here, as in all other places, felt to lend some kind of legitimacy to the discourse. Cuba, rumba is the game of seduction between the man and the woman. The woman is the flirty hen and the guy is a seductive rooster. The woman uses her body to seduce the man to say, want it? Come and get it. This is, uh, as she's saying this, she's actually dancing and, and moving and uh, writhing and, and gyrating. The guy, on the other hand, will use his body to demonstrate his masculinity. He'll try to decoy her. Boom! Launching an attack. There was a pelvic thrust there as she was emulating he's masculine moves. He's trying to her and get her pregnant. She just said he's trying to pecker her and get her pregnant. She'll notice the attack. She's still dancing now. She'll block it. She'll mock him for not succeeding. And she'll go, didn't make it. Try again. Notice the um, suave note of seduction in her voice. Her tone is sexual. Cubans interact on the streets every day as if they're playing the game of rumba. They keep attention, oh, a sexy tension always alive, right? It's like you could almost have it, but not. But if you only tried, then maybe. She's, she's just reenacted a kind of body language that says, come and get it if you can. 
catch me if you can. It, it's a, and it's in her eyes and in her in her posture. Notice that she's very clearly saying that this kind of dynamic is ideal. Keeping the maybe alive is the skill of presenting potential possibilities and then fueling them with desire. It's about learning where the emotional buttons are and then triggering them. When there's real desire, even if it's hidden, it's possible to lure it out. Notice how manipulative all of these ideas are. And just a minute ago, she prefaced all of this by saying, essentially, only a fuddy-duddy would complain about manipulativeness or about using seduction in the workplace. But you really got to get what the other person is missing and then give it to them. And when it's done right, it's virtually impossible to say no to. Number two, confidence. Strong self-confidence is essential for seduction. Without it, you can't go after what you want. Our self-image is formed at a very young age and is deeply affected by our environment. Cubans praise their kids from a very young age to feel confident and stunning in their own bodies because they recognize this as a very valuable life skill. You'll see them at the pool at the hotel. The music is like blasting. They're grinding to the music and the little ones are grinding right beside them and they'll turn to them and say, Que lindo, que linda eres, you're so beautiful. Add to this that in Cuba, there's no advertising because it's a communist country. So there's nothing that distorts the body image. Cubans, not like us, are not affected by the media to try and think that they need a perfect body. Instead, their self-image is formed out of how stunning the, the environment makes them feel and how much love they get at home. As a result of all of this, Cubans grow up feeling intense pride and self-confidence, no matter what body type or shape they might have. And it's this kind of self-confidence that leads later on to how you present yourself in all areas of your life and how you succeed. Notice again, all areas of your life and how to succeed. Body language. When you walk on the streets of Havana, guys and girls check each other out in the open all the time. They're not trying to hide it. The guys call after women with linda, preciosa, and women respond with how they hold their bodies and how they accentuate the curves when they walk. As she says this, her arm is akimbo, and she's doing a little uh, a feminine strut uh, uh, in response to the guy's uh, catcalling, um, which is, she's not making it sound like catcalling. She's making it sound like a, a very acceptable compliment uh, that's given out anonymously in the street. Because they know they're being noticed and admired, and they like it. It makes it really easy to seduce and be seduced because you know what the other person is, is feeling. Seduction also shows up in the tone of your voice, the kind of look you give, what you say and how you say it, and at times even adding a little touch. Body language is very important for seduction because it communicates to the other person what you want. 
in case you didn't miss it there, she's saying, be seductive in your voice, in your body language, in your eyes and looks, and touch. Number four, arousal. Arousal. To effectively seduce someone, there has to be an activation of the arousal, waking up in them the desire to give you what, what you want and luring it out. Notice the subtly phallic or maybe not so subtly phallic overtones here. But first, you have to connect and interact with the other person. If not, then how would you get to their heart? And for seduction to really work, you have to give it your undivided attention in a moment. One of the most charming things that I've noticed about Cuban men is how they go after what they want completely fearless of the consequences of getting hurt or getting rejected. They will seduce a woman over and over, making her feel desired and special, even after she said no a couple of times, slowly sneaking into her heart and waking up that desire. And a no, there was a maybe, turns into a yes. That's damn sexy. Notice, sexual harassment is damn sexy. And of course, I'll be attacked for, saying, for calling this sexual harassment. In fact, Chinlazer herself... Uh, um, uh, earlier on, I think earlier on in the video said um, there's so much fuss about sexual harassment. But what she has described here could very easily be sexual harassment. This fearlessness of failure is a profoundly powerful capability that I've noticed in some of the most seductive people that I've ever met. But they can do this because they've developed their intuitions so much that they can easily distinguish between a no that means a no and a no means maybe. Distinguish between a no that means no and a no that means maybe. I wonder why this culture is so confused. Thanks. In case, in case my sarcasm wasn't obvious, uh, I'll come straight out and say it's because of people like Chen Lizra. Because the last thing you want to do is is not accept a no that means a no. So what I really want you to get is that everyone has the power to seduce in them. The trick is to learn how to use it and when. Seduction is a skill no matter how you look at it. We can call it wooing, persuading, winning someone over, charming, it doesn't really matter. But what it is is really about using all of the elements that I talked about here in the talk, which is one, desire, two, confidence, three, body language, four, arousal, to build a connection that gets you what you want. It's also important to remember that seduction is a science. Sorry, it's not a science, but an art. And that's the beauty of it. It comes from the heart. And like any art, it can definitely be taught. But to fully gain self-expression in it, you have to take the time to master it and make it your own. My hope is that you will see seduction as a valuable life skill as I have learned to. Because so many people lose that childlike attitude as they grow into adulthood and something's missing. And wouldn't the world be a better place if we didn't? The implication here is that children are naturally seductive. I don't know where the hell she gets this idea from. I really believe 
that seduction leads to self-confidence and self-confidence leads to success in all areas of your life. There it is again. Success, all areas of your life. Seduction is the key. Master seduction and you can have anything that you want in life. Anything. I did get a TED Talk, didn't I? Thank you. That's the end of the talk. Just to recapitulate one or two points. At the very beginning, uh, the talk opened with a view of this Desi man, Indian man actually, uh, on the stage, uh, standing as uh, feet shoulder width apart, um, stiff, tall, unbending, and uh, unmoving. And she uh, then marches on stage, uh, invades his space immediately, which he likes very much, and starts grinding her hips all around him uh, while he remains passive and unmoved, but uh, unmoved physically, but uh, very moved sexually. That's, that's obvious in his demeanor. Uh, in short, uh, in this game of uh, man-woman, as she would call it, uh, what's symbolized in that initial interaction is that it's the woman who is uninhibited and in charge. She's the one who's in control of what happens. She's the one who decides what she can do with her body, whereas he is supposed to uh, repress so much movement in his own body that he's literally still as a statue. The other point is to note, uh, well, before I make that, note that she makes it very clear in her talk about Cuba uh, and her, her unfavorable comparison of it, uh, of the United States with it, with Cuba, with Cuban culture. Uh, she makes it clear that she would like this um, dynamic between men and women to pervade all public spaces. She makes that quite clear. And she praises Cubans for having this uh, street dynamic. And then the point that I uh, finally want to make uh, most particularly is that you will note that in this entire uh, praise of her philosophy, there is absolutely no room, not in her prescription nor in her imagination, absolutely no room for a homosexual man, for a man who would take issue with what she's doing with him, with her body. Even, and, and, and to appreciate that point, and to appreciate a larger point, just ask yourself what the reaction would be to this TED Talk if it were a man, if the genders were reversed, if it were a man who came on, on stage, moving his body sexually, provocatively, uninhibitedly, and preaching the need to seduce women in all areas of life in order to be successful. I think it's quite clear that if a man tried to behave this way uh, in, a, in public space, uh, or in the, certainly in the workplace, he would either be laughed at, or laughed out, or spat out with contempt. Another point has to do with the monster. And what happened when I uh, 
on more than one occasion, tried to speak to the monster. This is the monster who uh, uh, lulled me into believing that uh, he was my uh, close friend and in turn has been operating with my my enemies on their behalf uh, behind my back for many years. Uh, When I tried to tell him about my experience of sexual harassment by women who have exactly this uh, arrogant and presumptuous heterosexist attitude as Chen Lizra's, as as I mentioned on a previous recording, he not only didn't believe me, but he actually pathologized me. He actually said that there must be something wrong with me. And when I uh, pointed him to the Everything Body Language book, in which similar attitudes, similar to the ones that Chen Lizrez expressed here, were also expressed by the author of that book, Shelley Hagen, he completely ignored the book. And I I didn't feel able to raise the subject with him. Well, he did feel able to make a comment on, on one occasion at least. He told me that I must be doing something. I must be doing something to sexualize my interaction with women and that the burden is on me to dial out my sexuality. He said to me that I must be provoking sexual desire in them. I must be doing something. I hope it's clear from all of this that I'm deeply angry about this, uh, over this issue, over this, this, to me, horrible double standard. I, I am aware that the double standard also goes the other way. I am aware that men enjoy advantages, especially in the workplace, in certain ways, even though women also enjoy advantages over men in the workplace and in public spaces in particular ways. I am aware that women are being raped on campus, in homes, I could say more, I could say more, but I, having to do with my family, but I, I don't want to. I am aware that women are also victimized by men, but we talk about that. We criticize men openly for that. Why is it that there's no room to point out this hypocrisy? And I don't mean to pick on Chen Lizra, there are millions of women who have this attitude, this presumptuous, aggressive, physical uh, approach to uh, coloring public and professional spaces. Uh, So she's certainly not the only one. Uh, But this, it makes me angry. If, if If a man were to say these things, he would be considered either ridiculous or arrogant or predatory. And on the point of victimization that I just made, maybe not clearly enough, uh, I would ask, just imagine how such a woman who is so invested in these expectations of uh, archaic, heterosexual uh, gender roles, how such a woman might resent and even aggress against a man who pointedly rejects her, who who makes sure to reject her and to disapprove of her in exactly the same way in which heterosexual men reject or have rejected him and and very powerfully shamed him 
for doing not what she did, but a tiny fraction, simply simply indicating a question about whether there might be a mutual interest. That is that has been enough in the past to to elicit the the most powerful shaming from heterosexual men. This is supposed to be a post-feminist era. Does, does no one see the absurdity of what, what Khinlizra and some of the other women I've mentioned are doing and saying? I, I have a very hard time believing that the founders of the feminist movement wanted this for women. I, 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 I even have a hard time believing that Ruth Bader Ginsburg would actually like what Chen Lizra has been saying here. Um, to finish up, I should say Chen Lizra is spelled C-H-E-N, and the last name Lizra is L-I-Z-R-A. That's just to help you find this video on YouTube. And maybe I'll finish off, actually, by noting that this is a TED Talk, and TED is considered, certainly considers itself, but is generally considered to be the preeminent popular venue for the dissemination of presumably fresh academic pseudoscientific ideas. In other words, it's, uh, it's the envy of, of many professors to have a spot on TED. So what we're seeing in Chen Lizra's presentation here is a... Uh, a kind of ideology that has actually been blessed by the academy to a meaningful extent. I'd like to say a little more about this question of confusion, about the confusion that arises out of uh, a message such as Chen Lizra's. I can use a a meeting that I went to at one point in the past uh, to illustrate this point. It was a new employee orientation meeting at one of my former employers. And uh, they brought in an expert, uh, either a legal expert, it must have been, or an HR person, to give a talk, a, a full presentation on sexual harassment. And one of the things that she said to us is that your tone of voice can actually make the difference between an innocent compliment and sexual harassment. And she actually illustrated it. She demonstrated it with an example. She, she actually said a line, a compliment, uh, in, a, in a, what she called an acceptable tone, and then she repeated it in an unacceptable tone. Uh, the tone was so sexualized that uh, the audience laughed. So... I bring this point up because uh, now that I think about it, Chen Lizra is using that sexual tone throughout her entire presentation. And 
It's a presentation that encourages, that coaches um, women in particular to use that tone in every aspect of their lives in order to be successful. I'm now quoting Chen Lizra pretty much. So we have a contradiction here between what she's um, promoting and what this uh, presenter at one of my new employee orientations was warning us against, a, a clear, stark contradiction. The other point I'd like to add has to do with touching. You'll recall that Chen Lizra explicitly said that touching can be used to enhance the seduction. Well, this is interesting for obvious reasons. Uh, the people will disagree with her, will say that touching should be uh, done very, very carefully in the workplace. But I, my mind goes to an incident from my recent history, at, right at the moment, right at the onset of this Maynellian Holocaust in December of 2012. I was so terrorized by the terrorism that I immediately went to the local LGBT center to try to find a lawyer. I was stupid enough to think that the LGBT establishment and community in this city is somehow uh, enlightened enough to be above the sordid racism that pervades the city. I didn't realize it yet. Uh, so I, I, I made an appointment, and as soon as I got there, and as soon as I was greeted by the person who was helping me, I immediately realized that they had been poisoned against me, because they didn't greet me warmly, they greeted me with hate. And it was clear that uh, they, they hated me because of whatever the FBI, the DHS, was telling them about me. This was literally just days after the onset of the of the Holocaust, and I was uh, trying to get lawyers, and lawyers were refusing to help me. Well, uh, I played dumb to this woman's uh, animosity, and we sat down at in her office, and I suppose we, in hindsight I can say we, we simply went through the motions and nothing came of the meeting because um, I couldn't trust her. But what's important is that in the middle of the meeting, I tried to discuss um, some of the problems I'd had with uh, being sexually harassed or pestered, sometimes on the job, sometimes in public spaces, and she volunteered something that's interesting. She, um, first of all, was a lesbian and made it very clear that 
in her mind, women are categorical victims of male aggression. That's very, very clear from our conversation. She, that was her, the lens that she used to view the world. And she mentioned in passing that one of the things that irritates her is that in bars, she sometimes sees men. And by the way, I don't know why she would be in heterosexual bars, but uh, that's what she said, that she sometimes sees men uh, touch women in ways that um, provoke in her a, a desire to defend the woman. It not She didn't say it was a, a, an assault, but it was a, a touching that indicated that the man was taking a liberty and was uh, presuming that the woman that he's touching, a stranger in a bar or a new acquaintance in a bar, uh, would, uh, would not resent the touch, would actually invite it. Incidentally, as an aside, I have seen uh, on at least one occasion, in fact, uh, we might say on two occasions, in two different parts of the country, I have seen a man touch a woman in that unwelcome way. And it, uh, I, I can say that it made me feel uh, protective for the woman. It made me... Uh, it was, and one, I will say that in one case it was a, a professor who who took the liberty to squeeze or sort of hug by, from the side uh, a female graduate student. And her discomfort was uh, um, obvious. And I felt angry for her. So I fully understand, uh, I'm going back now to this office conversation with this uh, lesbian woman who had already been poisoned against me and was... Uh, struggling mightily to conceal, unsuccessfully to conceal uh, her contempt for me. Um, I can I can say that I know what she means. But what's interesting, and now I'm getting to the point, what's interesting is that Chen Lizra and many other women like her um, do uh, make bold to touch men in similar ways. And no one seems to get angry for men. This is what I mean by the word hypocrisy, which I used earlier on this recording. I simply mean it's a double standard. I'm very angry about this when I, I'm... I'm uh, going over the history of the last uh, 10 to 15 years, really 10 years, as, as, uh, as I've tried to talk to people. This was back in the day, especially when I was thin and uh, athletic. I would try to tell people about these invasions, and sometimes these assaults by women. Um, and they wouldn't even believe me. And uh, here we have Chen Lizra encouraging women to take liberties with touch. And if, if uh, the question becomes, where are the likes of this lesbian woman to 
pipe up and say, oh, no, you don't. In closing, I'd like to go back to a comment that Chen Lizra made during this TED Talk of hers, which is that she would like to bring the rumba into American society. And of course, she doesn't mean it literally. She doesn't mean necessarily that she wants us to be enamored of that heterosexual dance and and to be performing it in the streets and wherever. She meant the spirit of the rumba. She meant she wants to bring the seductiveness, the sexuality of the rumba into American life, into into all aspects of life, to quote her. And what's interesting is that she may unconsciously not be meaning that. I say this because if you go online and look and watch videos of the rumba, Cuban rumbas or whatever, you'll find that the woman who dances with the man is florid and uninhibited and free in her body and powerful in her gestures. And she's all over the place. And it's just like Ken Lizra demonstrated on stage by dancing at various moments during her presentation. But when you watch these videos, you find that the man, is also free, active, powerful, expressive, quite uninhibited as he dances with her. In other words, when I watch a video of the rumba, I see quite a bit of symmetry uh, between man and woman in that dance. Whereas when Chen Lizra does her performance on stage with a man at the very beginning, it is uh, starkly asymmetrical. The man is effectively paralyzed in place while she is uninhibited. She controls. She gets to indulge all of her energy. He he is supposed to stand still passively in the face of his sexual desire, which this uh, Desi man, this Indian man, radiated quite clearly, and he is not allowed to act on it. He must inhibit himself. He must repress. She must express. So she's... She's not trying to import the rumba, despite what she says. She's trying to import only half of it, the half that's for the woman, the half that empowers a woman, the half that liberates a woman. And in her formulation, in her version of it, the other half must be governed. He must be ruled in some sense. At least, at least that's how it's symbolized. That's how it's portrayed. And I mention all of this because it's a fine symbol for many of the dynamics I've seen in the workplace and in public spaces, the dynamics between men and women, especially in the Bible Belt, especially on certain campuses, in certain university campuses. What I have seen are women, and this is by no means all women and all men, but I have seen women go out of control socially, out of control with with their bodies, with their voices, with their behaviors, while men govern themselves in a masochistic way and are, are titillated by the craziness of some of these women. Now, of course, there are other parts of the campus where it's men who are out of control and women who are cowed, as it were. 
But we talk about that, and we talk about how we don't like it. We object rightly to the asymmetry there. But no one seems to comment or to be bothered by this reverse asymmetry. No one even seems to notice it. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.